0: We have to go back! Hello everyone, welcome back to the Flashback Flicks Retro Movie Podcast. I'm Ricky. I'm Grayson. And because the Zack Snyder Justice League uh, got released to the internet and everyone had a whole week to watch all four hours of it... We decided to review uh, another movie that was just been hanging out in the dugout, uh, the 1992 movie, Ooh. A League of Their Own. Yes, that reason.
1: And also it is the final week of Women's History Month uh, last week of March. So whatever reason makes you think
0: <laughs> we have a schedule that we are have our act together, <laughs> go with that. Oh, I love it. Uh, So for those of you who don't know, A League of Their Own has nothing to do with the Justice League. It's a baseball movie. Uh, It is a 1992 American sports comedy drama um, that tells a fictionalized account of the real-life All-American Girls Professional Baseball League, or AAGPBL for short. Rolls off the tongue. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it really does. Uh like a ball being pitched. Uh directed by Penny Marshall, the film stars Gina Davis, Tom Hanks, Madonna, Rosie O'Donnell and Lori Heddy. Now, this movie I did not know uh was based on a true story when I had originally seen it because I I don't think I've seen this movie in its entirety uh Or maybe at the very least for a very long time, but I've definitely seen parts of this movie, but it's based off a real story. Uh, So I'm going to give you the synopsis and then I'm going to tell you a little bit about the real life history of the things that were happening. There will be some overlap because, again, real life. It's World War II and the biggest stars in Major League Baseball have left the field of play. Something has to be done to keep the stadiums full, the people's morale up, and profit coming to the owners of the league and their business partners. One-man solution? Create the All-American Girls Professional Baseball League. And this is their story. So this movie is basically um, a non-musical uh version of Hamilton to some degree, uh, because it was all inspired by Penny Marshall watching a 1987 documentary about the AAGPBL titled A League of Their Own on television. Just like Hamilton. <laughs> Just like Hamilton. Uh, and so she had never heard of the league before. And uh, then contacted the film's creators and then made this movie. So we primarily follow a character named uh, Dottie Henson, played by Gina Davis. And that is inspired by real-life player Dorothy Cammy uh, Kaminsic. And she is a left-handed first baseman and outfielder. uh, And unlike Henson, who retires after one season in the film, Cammy actually played for 10 seasons, finishing with an all-time best Uh, 0.292 career batting average striking out only 81 times. And these are all baseball numbers. I have no idea what they mean. Uh, but, uh, major league baseball once called her the finest fielding first baseman. Uh, and that included all of the male players. You
1: know, if she played for 10 seasons, that's, uh, that was basically the entirety of the, the life of the league yeah um, because it was founded in nineteen forty three but it shut down in nineteen fifty four. So you know, there were six hundred women that played in this league. You wonder how many of them would have continued on mm-hmm.
0: had the league just survived? right? Yeah, a big thing that happened historically is that um the league basically decentralized uh, and it was up to each individual franchise or league to keep interests going and to basically fund their own uh, season. And so that's kind of one of the big things that killed a lot of the just funding of the league because uh, the real life history, instead of it being uh, the candy bar magnates that kind of started this, uh, the real life counterpart was none other than Sir Wrigley of Wrigley Gum and Wrigley Fields. Oh, oh! The production design makes sense then. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So uh, the AAGPBL was actually founded as a nonprofit, uh, and then later sold uh, for ten thousand mm. uh, dollars to uh, someone else to pay for it. But basically, that is who the candy bar magnate was uh, meant to represent in uh, this edition of the movie, and uh, in this movie was amazing uh the movie did really well uh with a budget of 40 million dollars it went on to make over 132 million dollars in the box office and it had a shortly lived TV series that was a sitcom of the same name. Several actors from the movie reprised their role uh, in the show. It was uh, released in 1983, and Gary Marshall, uh, Megan Kavanaugh, Tracy Reiner, and John Lovitz all reprised their role, and Carrie Lowell took over for Gina Davis's role, uh, but it only lasted for five to six seasons with, as of August of 2020, Amazon Video giving a series order to reboot it. So we might have more Lee of their own on our own screens, if you will, knock that transition out of the park. they also did really well with critical acclaim. It
1: got nominated for two golden globes, uh, Gina Davis was nominated for Best Performance by an Actress in a Motion Picture, Comedy or Musical, and then Madonna got nominated for Best Original Song because she it, she sings "This Used to Be My Playground" at at the oh yeah the end of the movie during the credits. Um, nominated for a bunch of other awards, but some of the wins: uh, Tom Hanks won for Funniest Supporting Actor in a Motion Picture, um, and uh, he won an American Comedy Award on that the 1993 American Comedy Award. And then I think this is worth calling out, uh, the Casting Society of America. We don't mention a lot of casting awards, but it's called the Arteos Award. They won Mm -hmm. for Best Casting in a Feature Film Comedy, and it is an incredible cast. Phenomenal cast. Tom Hanks and Rosie O'Donnell. I love Gina Davis in everything she's been in. My reaction when I hear Gina Davis is Jimmy Fallon in the old SNL hot tub scene going, "Gina Davis," <laughs> like that. She just is such a great anchor to yeah. this movie, and uh, the yeah, the cast is. It's tough to recast, so I'm dreading when we get to that segment because um, I grew up with this movie. I saw this movie when I was really young. Um, probably Stillwell's age. Uh, and I just, it's always stuck with me. And I saw it again in uh, one of our film classes. I don't know if it was one of the ones we had together. Oh, yeah, you're right. I think I sat on your left, if it was. Uh-huh. Uh-huh, yes, uh-huh. yes, that's the one. And yeah, this this movie gets me in the heart every single time. Um, mm-hmm. And my wife had never mm-hmm. seen it. We watched it together. uh and she's it like, it's a really great movie. I don't often do this, but I feel like you should watch the movie with me this week. And uh, she really enjoyed it. But I definitely, when they're going into the museum, I was like, oh,
0: this is my, it's too much.
1: It's too much. It's, it, uh, this is the museum equivalent of Cap sitting on the bench by the lake. Like, I can't do it. Um, but it is uh, consistently emotional.
0: Yeah, I mean this movie. It just it does so much. I after watching this movie, uh, I I said to my wife, I said, you know what? I really think baseball is my favorite sport to watch. And then she said, really? And then I said, not finished. As a movie sport, (laughs) she's like, there it goes. That makes sense Uh, because I feel like baseball movies, like watching like actual baseball games like sure like i get it i understand the appeal i'm just not going to choose it myself over a baseball movie like this because i i just love how uh how much it means to people. Like I, love, I just love all the behind the scenes, knowing all of the characters. Like I like watching this makes me understand how people do follow athletes throughout their careers because it's like, Oh, it's so interesting. Cause you, you want these human beings to succeed in this arena that they are so amazingly skilled in. Um, Like, and I felt for every single character, I'm just like, Oh no, like I really want them. I want them to, to win and i want them to to do well and it's 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 just very very uh compelling like this movie you know the sandlot um we haven't reviewed it yet on the podcast but um field of dreams yeah we did review uh angels
1: in the outfield angels in the outfield oh yeah like we have not reviewed rookie of the year oh,
0: but we have reviewed the kid in king arthur's court which i we
1: did i uh into baseball movies it is a
0: baseball mm-hmm. movie
1: this made me want to rewatch Moneyball. Um, oh, yeah. Just the idea of like a team uh-huh. that no one really believes in, yep. which, you know, that's kind of like a sports movie trope of like this. <laughs> you don't usually follow the the top of the league uh, in sports movies. Right. Um, but this, the historical context of this, uh, I think really has played out well. They cover it really quickly just in the, that, uh, the news reel. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Um, which you was know, like, you no, know, it's everything. It's everything we need to know. What a, what a clean package now off to the, the
0: character stories. I love it. Uh, yeah. So yeah, this movie covers just so much actual history, which I, I really want to kind of camp out on a little bit. I was just so mesmerized by this. Cause I'm just like, Oh, okay. Like they're kind of telling this like fictionalized story because a uh, fun fact, the first uh night, baseball game uh that was played in Wrigley's field was for the um AAGPBL mm. like that was the first the first night game in Wrigley's field was them and that uh and I learned this re- only very recently but like playing night games didn't happen until like much later in baseball uh and so that was like a big deal that you could play baseball at night because you had a stadium that was outfitted for that and all these other things. But
1: yeah, the amount of power that would take. So that joke about night games, that that really is setting the stage.
0: Yep. Hmm. Yep. And it it was just so interesting. So there's, there's another um, random movie that has found its way in my childhood. And it's a movie called love and basketball. And it's an entirely fictional story all about um, these two people uh, and how basketball had bonded them throughout their childhood. And how the love story is interwoven between it. Uh, and so it's an early 2000s movie. And um, one of the the lead character, um, she talks about being the first woman to play in the NBA. And when we watch this movie, my wife and I, we watched it recently. I'm just like, why does she keep saying that? Like, Why does she keep saying she's going to be the first woman to play in the NBA And it didn't dawn on me until the very end of the movie that the WNBA didn't exist until the 90s. That's an our lifetime thing, yeah. And that completely blew my mind. So, taking that kind of experience to this, uh, I'm like, wait a second, what? Not only is there, A, a whole baseball league That women played in that existed during wartime and as a wartime effort uh, to continue to keep uh, morale high and uh, as like a wartime effort. Not only did that, A, exist, but B, no longer does and still doesn't. And it's what millennium? Like that just completely blew my mind uh, because I was like, oh, well, because when I, I remember when I was younger, I watched this movie. I'm like, oh, okay. Well, I think in my, my kid brain, I'm like, mm-hmm. wow, these are the people who kind of started this thing. Well, and they continued on today. And I just assumed that that was a thing. Because, you know, as a kid, especially before Space Jam, I, I wasn't really watching sports actively. And so I just assumed that the league still existed. Well, yeah, and you look at how much
1: time goes bet- – so it shut down in 54, and I don't know what year it's supposed to be whenever they're – when we pick it up and when we bookend with the opening of the museum. But it's like 50 years – no, I guess it's modern day, but still, it's, it's like 30-plus years um, until they open that museum, they, that exhibit mm-hmm. in the Baseball
0: Hall of Fame so which by which was uh when it opened so that exhibit opened in 1988 uh and so the and this is all the real life stuff so the real life documentary that uh pene marshall watched uh prompted the opening of that exhibit and so the movie was kind of playing tribute to this thing that was also opening and being created in real life yeah
1: Ricky, can I sidebar about a real um a math thing that I struggle with? So Absolutely. As someone who was born in the late 80s, and I believe mm-hmm. you are you on the cusp of 90, are you Yep, yep, okay. Um whenever you hear 1950, you think that's like 50 years ago, right? <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, it's, it's like 70 years ago. 70 Anyway, yeah, 1950 is always going to be 50 years ago for me for some reason. So
0: the 70s are still 30 years ago today. Yeah, me, exactly. It's easier
1: days. just to subtract from 2000. I don't know what's been happening the last 21 years, but no. uh,
0: we're we're good. Okay, yeah, good.
1: it's not yeah. just me.
0: Yeah, so long as I don't have to take any tests that have to tell me how long ago the fifties or seventies were I, I hopefully should be good. Cause if that becomes a prove you're not a robot test, then I'm not logging back into my email anytime soon. Uh, uh, uh Uh, I I got to reeducate myself. (laughs) So you said this wasn't your first time watching this movie. uh, But uh, so what did you notice this time around that you didn't notice before?
1: You know, I think this movie has so many layers that every time you watch it, you just kind of connect with a different character. Mm -hmm. um i have always been aware that like madonna was a personality in this movie i i've mentioned on the podcast before i grew up watching the rosie o'donnell show so like those kinds of and i and i recognize that the voice from of the radio from the brave little toaster was in this movie so like i Mm -hmm. knew the celebrities of it even tom hanks um so none of that was really a surprise um, and to me, this was my introduction to Gina Davis. This was like the first Gina da- Davis movie I ever saw. So yeah, it just it that was there were no surprises on casting there, but I think the, I don't know, I I think I feel the injustice of it all uh, stronger every time I watch it. Mm-hmm. Of it's crazy that the league shut down in the fifties. That it does tee it up to be something that just will go on and this is the new way the world was but look around it's not so i think that kind of frustration with it and it was interesting to get um and this is spoiler alert for the movie um to get my wife's reaction of, of as someone who didn't know how it ended or anything like that your typical sports movie the main team wins at the end Um, what I really appreciate about this movie and I think what never really clicked until this viewing of it was it's all about how you define winning Mm -hmm. and, uh, to Gina Davis's character to, to Dottie, she did win. She got the family she wanted. She lived a long life with her husband. He made it back from the war. A lot of other husbands didn't. We see that as well. And, I don't know. Just the depth that this movie carries, while also being genuinely funny, is uh, just a, a feat to the filmmaking of of Penny Marshall and the story of the real life, um, the real life people that it portrays. And I feel like I just burned all my notes for reasons to
0: recommend. But uh, <laughs> I, I'm just enamored with this yeah. movie. Yeah, I mean something that I. Could really notice this time around was a, a lot of what you're saying. It's just like uh, the whole uniform sequence of just like, like, all right, here's a uniform. And Rosie was like, You can't, you can't run in that. You can't slide in
1: that. Uh, and then. Which, is, which I love because then they do. And it just says like, you can try to put these restrictions on us, but we're just going to do what we have to do. Even if it means we're broken and bloody by the end of this game. Yeah, uh,
0: so oh. many of the bruises that are shown in the movie are real bruises. Uh, from, from because that part of the audition process was that they uh, you, you had to prove that you could play baseball. Uh, it, oh, they bruise like a
1: peach. I see. I. See. That's why they. That's why they call <laughs> them
0: that. Oh, I thought it was because life was the pits. Oof. Grayson, you need to go back and rewrite this movie. <laughs> I need,
1: or at least go way back and rebrand <laughs> women's baseball teams. Huh? What was Racine? I don't even remember. Uh, the, the, bells. the Bells. They were the yeah. Bells. Yes. Uh,
0: and, and, oh. and, and something else about the real-life teams mm. is that um, mm-hmm. the Peaches, uh, during that uh, that first season— they they weren't that great the, the first year. Uh, I think they're actually oh the the real life the team. real life team. Okay. They were dead last. <laughs> uh, but in later seasons that you know they did they did really well. They they made their way back up. Uh, so this has got real sorky. Uh One
1: hundred percent a better story. One hundred percent better. Yeah, story. Yeah. What I'm realizing though is the the peaches and the bells in this movie is that both of them. Are um, quotes from Lex Luthor in in the DCEU. You know the bells are ringing and uh, it's time for a, a League of Our Own, but that's Justice League quote, not not Snyder Cut
0: quote. Not so. canon.
1: Uh,
0: s- speaking oh, of canon, oh, I think uh, I think it's time to sound the bell for head cannon. Head cannon. <laughs> Take me out to the headcanon. Take me out to the, uh, I guess, the, the weapon, old time weapon of war. Uh, So, Headcanon <laughs> is the part of the show where we share a few unique ideas about the movie and untold stories based on evidence provided by the film. So, again, it's a biopic. It's hard to, you know, make up a story. Uh, but, <laughs> the uh, slim pickings on Headcanon is the one this week. thing I'm going to yeah. do. Of one thing i'm uh-huh. gonna do yeah this movie of the cast because you know they don't really make an appearance until the third act we got ourselves some bill pullman oh yeah so in this fictionalized universe my headcanon is that mm-hmm. bill pullman had a brother who later became president oh and led us to a victory against the aliens in independence day i love it yep that's great,
1: my brother, the president. Yep. yep. I, uh, off the cuff, just said at the end of the movies, like, and then they went on to give birth to Christina Ricci, <laughs> and yes. uh, my wife was like, "Is that true?" I was like, "Oh no, no, no it's a Casper yep. thing." Yep. Um, that's yeah, no, that doesn't make any sense. But I,
0: although, yeah, no, yeah. it doesn't. Well, oh. But uh, but maybe. <laughs> Uh, only if they didn't, if they didn't say explicitly, yeah, he died a few years back. I'm like, ah, oh, because when I was watching the movie, I'm like, let me alive, let me alive, let me be alive. I need this for my headcan, I need this for my headcan. He did die. He did die. He did die in
1: Casper. She just didn't mention that he came back. <clears throat> but it's more about what they say about her. Mm-hmm. What do they say? I don't know. Uh, but 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 maybe. Okay, but my real headcanon is that uh, Tom Hanks was secretly the conductor of the train they got on at the beginning because uh, he just can't help himself. Yep. No, yep. I really like the idea that Tom Hanks' character is, I'm going to do the brother card just like you had mm-hmm. with Bill mm-hmm. Pullman, that his brother is uh, in Saving Private Ryan. So you have oh, this brother wow. that was behind, and Ooh. then he's there. Yeah. He Ooh, gives the reason good. why he couldn't go, because of his knee. Yeah. <sighs> no cartilage. Oof. Anyway. And then all the demons that chase Tom Hanks' character in this movie make even more sense. Wow. Yeah.
0: That's solid. He's got to earn it. Yeah. I think that that idea has all bases loaded- and 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 someone's someone's gonna make sure that those bases get uh, get to do what they get to do what they gotta do. You know what I love, Ricky? I
1: love that whenever you and I have to talk sports, even if it's like for this movie or Space Jam, even, uh, we just sound like a Rick and Morty scene where he's trying to insincerely give a pep talk. Like, yeah,
0: we just gotta. Uh,
1: the, the bases are loaded. And, uh, wow, that hurt my voice immediately. <laughs>
0: oh, no, you're done. How does he you're do done. it? <laughs> uh. All right. Now we're going to go to uh, maybe the most difficult part of the show for biopics where we... Uh, are going to talk about recasts and remakes. Recasts. Remakes. If this movie were to be made today, who would you cast? What would the storyline be? Let me just say this. Since Amazon is already doing most of the work, I would love to do something that no one's asking for, really. <sighs> um, That's most but... <laughs> of this podcast. <laughs> uh, so, I don't know if people remember this trope that happened in the 80s. And I can't explain it. I wish I could... I I feel like if I deep dive enough, I might end up having my own documentary on Hulu or Netflix. Hmm. But so look out for that. This is going to be the nexus for this. But in the 80s, for no reason, no one really knows why. A lot of TV shows had kid versions of the shows. So they had like Flintstone kids, oh, Tom and Jerry yeah. kids, a pup named Scooby-Doo, mostly the Time Warner lineup. But they just had uh, Yo-Yogi was another one. And it's just these characters as kids. I would love to see an animated League of Their Own. And it's basically, and it's animated in the style of Charlie Brown. Uh, but it's all, it's, it's, it's basically just a bunch of shorts that involve all these different characters and playing baseball and being a kid and kind of giving you that almost animated uh, Sandlot kind of feel. Um, not that anime Law exists anywhere in the world, but just kind of uh, aging everyone down uh, and kind of making the world uh, a little bit uh, smaller, because I think that that would be really, really uh, fun to watch. I love that. Uh, when I was growing
1: up, I used to play a computer game called Backyard Football. That was that concept where all the players were it was like. I, little I, I Jerry remember Writes. that. I remember yeah, right. ad-
0: advertisements for that.
1: <laughs> yeah, like little pro sports players at the time. Yeah. And, but I think they also had baseball and all. But I would love that for fictional teams. That that is great. I want backyard bobsled with <laughs> the Cool Runnings cast. Yep. Yep. Um, get Dougie Doug to do the original voice. Oh, that. Um, I love that idea though. Like, you're absolutely right. There'd be a market for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember you and I were trying to pitch an animated show back in college, I think. And yep. w- it was a contest. And one of the things that it said was your main character has to be a kid because the idea was that kids only like watching kids. Yeah. Um, which, you know, when I was a kid, that was definitely not true. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I was watching the Back to the Future animated show and as an old man, and now, <laughs> and now that I'm grown, I watch uh, another animated show with yep. an old man and a kid. Oh, I get oh, I did it again. My throat. Your bearing's your um, done. Uh, it, 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 it's not time. It's not time travel. <laughs> is, excuse me. So I drink a lozenge. And go, go,
0: go. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, uh, but you're right. That would be an amazing reskin of uh, of this property.
0: Yeah, yeah. And and casting wise, as many of the people from the original project, uh, Rosie O'Donnell, uh, Madonna. I would love everyone to come back and and voice who whoever they want to voice and as many characters as they want to voice. I would also love to see a um, what I originally thought uh, Ghostbusters answers to the call was going to be, which is basically uh i thought it was going to be more of a uh a legacy movie um, oh ricky i thought you were just gonna say you wanted to gender reverse a league of their
1: own and i was like mm, <laughs> i'm sorry my friend you have <laughs> missed the point <laughs> but no, can you no, imagine
0: no, no. <laughs> no. Oh, I'm so glad that that was not my thought. No, what so I was reverse say is, Ocean's so, Eight. Yep. <laughs> so what I thought was going to happen with uh, Ghostbusters answer to the call was that um, the Ghostbusters have disbanded. There is nothing, and then someone was like, "Oh, wait, something's happening. Let's bring back the Ghostbusters." Essentially, uh, so I would love for to to actually see like a modern uh, sequel that is essentially. Real life people trying to bring back um, the All American League of, I'm gonna get it, of their own. No, <laughs> All American Girls Professional Baseball League, but in real life. Uh, and I think that that would be uh, a really great movie to like bring it back and uh, kind of have like a. Um, I don't know if you've. Uh, oh yeah, of course you have. Uh, like what they did with the movie Be Kind Rewind. Yeah uh inside of that movie like the real movies exist but they're making a movie about making movies that exist and then there are real world implications that happen so i think that that would be really interesting like basically uh someone watches a league of their own and they're like wait why hasn't this been done before let's make it happen and that's like the movie
1: no yeah no i i love it i i think uh that idea of being inspired by movies is inspired. So, um, yeah. when you were naming cast members for the the little kid animated one, it made me think. I now just want some kind of animated show about uh, uh, Rosie O'Donnell's character and Madonna's character, but then they somehow merge to be voiced by super comic pop star. Rosie Madonna. <laughs> I don't, I can't get the phrase Rosie Madonna out of my head. And um, I don't know what to do with it. But the recasting yep. that I had on this, well, one, I thought it'd be fun to have a sequel crossover with Field of Dreams, uh, where th- th- this team is the ghosts, the Peaches are the ghosts. Oh my goodness. Yeah, so I thought that'd be fun. Yes. um yeah, and then uh the which is really bizarre to do with like but i guess they did it with real people too it's been a while since i've seen field of dreams but then you could get bill pullman back as the casper dad <laughs> um i uh for recasting though for gina davis's character i had Mackenzie davis um oh i think it's great she's been in uh, a bunch of stuff blade runner the the newer blade runner um uh, I want to say 2049. I don't know. Again, at, everything is just subtracted or added from the year 2000 for us. Um, yep, but yep. then uh, oh, she was also in the San Gennapero episode of Black Mirror. And I mean, she's just, yeah, she's becoming more well-known, but I thought she'd be great. Uh, Tom Hanks, I recast with Max Greenfield. Um, yes. I, th- I, think, yep. I mean, I just, I want to see him in more more movies more and, and dramatic movies too because i thought he, his one quick scene uh really an american horror story was great and he's been in other stuff too but he's been in sitcoms for so long i'd love to see him in something like this for madonna originally yes. i had lady gaga just to try to keep it in like that music crossover thing
0: yes but yes, i yes. also
1: would really like cat dennings for that i think for that oh, that yeah. role yeah. it'd be a good fit and then for rosie o'donnell mm-hmm. i had rebel wilson Yes, um, got to have a strong comic actor in there, and then for for John Lovett's character, I have Chris Pratt. Now, <laughs> Ricky, you and I have talked about this. I have uh-huh. a theory that um, that every Chris Pratt movie it's it's worth at least seeing what it could be like to make it a John Lovett's movie. Yeah, and this all started when I watched Passengers
0: and Mm -hmm. thought that
1: the only real issue there was casting. I love Chris Pratt, but imagine how different that movie would be if John Lovitz was the one waking up Jennifer Lawrence, and the first thing she sees is him standing there with a cord in his hand. He's like, oh, you're up. Mm, What to do? What to do? Uh, So I reversed it in this, where Chris Pratt was trying to recruit – uh for the league and uh yeah how different none of the dialogue changes he still says some of those very awkward (laughs) things um but he looks like
0: chris pratt how does that affect
1: the story Hmm.
0: yeah chris pratt saying um like oh you made it do you tell the cows you'd write oh yeah i i yes yes for that and also just in my um in my research i actually found out that um there this this world expands um so mm-hmm. the um there was a black woman in the scene who threw a really uh, strong uh, arm uh has mm-hmm. strong arm again baseball terms she threw the baseball she threw an <laughs> arm yeah of uh, and throughout the history, uh, no black women played in the AAG PBL, but um, Mamie Johnson, uh, was one of the three women to actually play in the uh Negro leagues. Oh, wow. Uh, and so I think that that would also be really interesting to see more of, um, uh, like another piece about all these different, um, lesser known pioneer sports groups uh mm-hmm. if you will cuz i think that that would be absolutely fascinating and and the and that woman was supposed to be a reference to mary johnson and that, that, that was, specifically that's who it was supposed to that be that was supposed to be her yeah interesting yeah interesting
1: yeah no that would be great i would yeah, i can an underdog series mm-hmm. of like how did
0: they like like a like a 30 for 30 uh but mm-hmm. it's just all a movie <laughs> yes which also that that was something that i, th- I thought would be a, a really interesting thing because typically those 34 30s are interview based i would love to see this movie but as a documentary uh like yeah, or it called in it, uh, it, benched oh, it's about those that like
1: oh, now there's a good chance that we're just naming a bunch <laughs> of actual <laughs> sports documentaries i get it you may be listening to this being like, yeah, that's like the
0: second it's most like popular poor sports. Poor Ricky and Grayson. But it's called Bench. It's called, called Bench. <laughs> like poor Ricky and Grayson. They don't even know how to tune in to ESPN or how to look it up if this thing exists. Did he say
1: throw an arm? <laughs> no, I think that, that would be incredible though. Just to really get those stories out there and I don't know. Why stop at sports? sports why why stop at sports yeah why short stop at sports oh why sports at sports (laughs) (laughs) what i was thinking you know i was thinking of (laughs) hidden figures really as well as i was like they did it for nasa yes yes
0: absolutely yeah a lot of stories to tell now we're going to go into our final segment where we like to give you our reasons to recommend so grayson why would you recommend a League of Their Own?
1: I recommend a League of Their Own because it really is subject matter that is not talked about a lot, um, and if it is talked about, it's talked about in conjunction to this movie. This is the reference point. Uh, I mean, even Lex Luthor's referencing it, um, <laughs> but it really is. So it, it's um, it's a story that I think becomes more and more relevant the further away we get from it. Um, the later on in history go, uh, we go, um, you know, just nay twenty one years past the year two thousand. Um, I think <laughs> it's something that it, it's not just inspiring. Um, I think it demands a response, and that is uh, a a tall order from a movie to be able to say. You're going to have this emotional experience going through this because it does. It gets me every single time I watch it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're going to have this emotional experience, but then you're going to feel motivated to take action, to you know, inspire others, to make this a reality for those that want to do it. I think it, the scene where Kit at the end is talking to, uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna cry just describing it. the The scene at the end where Kit is talking to the three girls, and the mm-hmm. three young. Uh, young girls and she's signing the baseballs and things and, and they say we want to grow up to be professional ball players, and just knowing that they don't have that chance it, mm. it it's heartbreaking it really is so this movie it balances that heavy subject matter with uh the humor that the cast brings to it the just refreshing directorial uh vision of penny marshall and it it's such an ensemble just like the game of baseball it it's such an ensemble feat that they've pulled off and this is one of those movies that i see used as examples for so many things like it's the it's the kind of movie that we we watched it in film class but then also i've seen churches use clips of it and it's like just the lessons of it are so applicable and and it's it's worth watching for so many different reasons that I don't have time to cover here, but at its core, it is a movie about using your talents to make the world a better place. And it's not about one person. Uh, And I think that's really what they, they hit at through it's, it's kind of mind boggling that they had a hit at it (laughs) Um, (laughs) with, with, With so many different characters, is that it's a consistent theme of it's not about you, right? Um, And every time a character learns that, because they learn it at different points throughout the movie, every time a character learns it's not about me, Mm -hmm. their life gets exponentially better, uh, and the people around them benefit from it as well. So it's you know you may be sitting there being like, I'm not into sports, I'm not into sports movies put that aside this is a human movie this is about what it it means to be part of a team what it means to have dreams and and to have aspirations and to really just put yourself aside and put others ahead of your own interests so for all those reasons i recommend a league of their own
0: yeah absolutely well and and you reminded me of something that i think is very fascinating is like most of the uh the sports based uh movies are that I can at least immediately recall are based on true stories uh between it being this or uh miracle or remember the Titans I think that there's something uh very enticing about um a narrative based on a real life event that either you as a sports person already know a lot about or Or as maybe like me, a non-sports person uh, can go in and discover what the real life story is based off of. Uh, even just the whole idea that like, like if you if we were just to be having a casual conversation and you're tell me, hey, did you know that during the war time um, they invented women's baseball and women's baseball might never have existed at all if it wasn't for the war? I would say you're a conspiracy theorist and I think I need to unfollow you on Facebook. Like I would just feel like that would just, you know, <laughs> oh, yeah, which war <laughs> like that just it just sounds like something. That you wouldn't believe off of just someone saying it, but knowing and discovering the real life story behind this movie—it's just so fascinating, and and I love yeah. uh, the way that movies can be a uh, an open door into understanding more history. Because just doing the research for this podcast was just. Uh, really fun for me and I hated history class and so I think that um, the real-life component of it is really interesting and also seeing uh, just what being a part of a team does to a person because I think that uh, the scene that really got me I'm just like don't do this movie why would you do this to me Uh, is when uh it's right at the end and the sisters are about to say goodbye and she's like oh yeah like i'm gonna retire i'm not gonna i'm not gonna be a part of the league anymore she's like oh what you'll no you'll miss it and she's like no you know like i I can get on without it like i'll i'll uh i'll miss the girls and i'll miss you i'm just like oh well you just had to destroy me movie I made it this far, and you just had to destroy me. And that's because you you are thinking like, oh well, why is she in this? Like, why is she actually going forward with this if she's just willing to drop it at um, at the drop of a hat? And she's just willing to walk away. But she'll say She would have stayed if her sister was. I don't know. I just I just love that relationship, and I and I love um, how this story is a great vehicle to connect to our audience on such. Uh, a deep personal and emotional level so mm-hmm. all that to say is i'd recommend this movie if you need a good cry uh and it is only i'd say the second best uniting of a team under a director's vision in the year 2021 that you will really enjoy seeing that's high
1: praise, that's high praise. Yeah.
0: yeah i mean this thing is just packed with life lessons too the
1: The scene – I won't belabor the the point, but I'd be remiss, Ricky, remiss my duties as a co-host if I didn't bring up the scene where Gina Davis is leaving and Tom Hanks stops her at the car and and they have the debate where she ends up leaving. But he – she says it just got – it got too hard to do this. Like it was too hard to continue on and to to do this day after day. Mm -hmm. And he makes the point of like, of course it's hard. Like, if it was easy, everybody else would be doing it. And it's the fact that it's so hard that makes it worth doing. And that's just encouragement for anything, mm-hmm. for, for life, for waking up and getting out of bed each day. The the hard part, the things in your life that just cause you constant friction, they're probably the things that are most worth doing. So hopefully that's encouraging. It was encouraging to me to hear in the movie and I, I, I would equate watching this movie uh, as taking like a heart shower. I just felt, I just felt better at the end of it, and uh, I think you will too. Yep. My wife made an interesting observation too of yeah. one of the the montage scenes because they have several montages to fast track through the season. It was when uh, they're first starting to get attention and they're taking a lot of photos and and all that's when. When Dottie does the splits uh, while she's making the catch and there's like gimmicks there. And at first you're like, oh, this is just kind of like real gimmicky. But what you realize and I think what we would discover through um, the series we were just talking about of like all of these underdogs in sports trying to make it uh, where things are not equal uh, footing for where they're starting from um, is, yep. Yeah, those that are coming up from the bottom working at a disadvantage have to work even harder with even more style and flair and skill to get the same kind of recognition. And you're talking about lessons to pull from the movie. That is a big one Um, that it is not all starting at square one for everybody. Sometimes it means doing uh, splits in the dirt uh, to make the catch just to get the same kind of attention that uh, someone else would while wearing
0: pants. All right. And it's the bottom of the night. I'm not going to try. I, I, I've i exhausted all of my baseball terms. I'm going to say something about the bottom of the ninth. I'll just say. And that is our review of the 1992 movie A League of Their Own. Let us know what you remember about A League of Their Own on our social media, on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. We are at flashback flicks and it would mean so much to us all the peanuts and cracker jacks that you could imagine uh if you could leave us a rating and review on your podcasting platform of choice uh grayson guess what i i saw on apple podcast we have like a lot of reviews oh yeah yeah here you know what? i'm just gonna pull them up real quick because we I, just I just need to have an episode where we read reviews yeah
1: then. a rev- a review review a review review room with review <laughs>
0: Uh, okay, I'm you going. know,
1: what? and and I feel like um, I feel like we could take it, even the harsh reviews. We just take it face value because you know what I learned, Ricky. Mm. There's no crying in <laughs> podcasts. There's oh, no crying man. in podcasts.
0: Yeah, fun fact: we just edit out all the crying every episode. There's a lot of crying, but we have to edit it out because there's no crying in podcasts. And sometimes we miss them, <laughs> and you hear us cry yeah yeah every once in a while uh okay so for example i I, because i remember looking at the numbers i'm like that doesn't sound right uh yeah we have like over 41 ratings wow yeah well thank you yeah so thank you all for rating and and reviewing on a scale of one to five is there a five thing in baseball yeah um because there's three strikes yeah three strikes you're
1: out and there's Nine innings? Nine innings. Although one time I went to a 17-inning baseball game. It was what? an Orioles game in Baltimore. And the shuttles didn't leave till the game was over. So yeah, I sat on a shuttle at 3 a.m. in Baltimore. Go on.
0: Uh, Okay, so... But there are five... Posi- no, there's not five things. Ooh, okay, I got it. On a scale of one to five bases loaded... It's just like a really big field so you have to add a couple. You yeah, it's like when you try to make game
1: more inclusive in PE class right, cuz right. the the numbers are yeah. off. We're going to throw a mat down, call it a base. All I know for sure is that we should have called head cannon seventh inning stretch cuz oh, it, it's always a stretch.
0: We're we're going to redo the podcast and make All right, it. Get everyone back in. Here. <laughs> uh but yes, on a scale of 1 to 5, how would you rate this? oh no there is um on a scale of one to five leagues mm, mm. are we little league are we big league oh there it is yeah one star five stars quintuple less, no. a baseball <laughs> uh thank you so much uh and be sure to tune in next time right here on the flashback Flix retro movie podcast until then remember to be kind and rewind Next time on the Flashback Flicks Retro Movie Podcast. With Godzilla versus King Kong duking it out over streaming on HBO Max and live in theaters, we decided to look at another fight for our hearts with Mighty Joe Young, the 1998 Adventure Family movie.
1: Now, I'm assuming this is a spinoff of the Mighty Ducks franchise, and I will be sorely disappointed If hockey does not play a prominent role in this film.